Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? It's going to be so much fun. Get out your, your sermon notes and uh, your Bibles if you have them. And um, again, this is a message that, that God really laid upon my heart this past Wednesday, and I wasn't heading in this direction by any means. I just uh, felt it was the Lord, and I want to be faithful uh, uh, to the Lord. We, we, we say it this way here at New Song, that we are very planned. We, we really feel that part of doing ministry with excellence is having a plan. We don't walk into any service without having it um, uh, just planned out. We know what we're going to sing. We know what we're going to preach. We know how the Sunday is going to go. Like We're going to do it with excellence. And at the same point, we have no problem with allowing the Holy Spirit just to take over at any moment that he wants to take over and just guide us in any direction. And so we're, we remain very flexible. Uh, we call it planned flexibility. We, we also call it planned spontaneity, planned spontaneity that, that we, we want the whole, how many are grateful you go to a church where they allow the Holy Spirit to speak and just do what he wants to do. And that's, that's exactly uh, what we do here. And, and I was praying about this and thinking about this and really feeling challenged of the Lord to teach you about this, about the next generation, about the next generation. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to teach you a few things, just just um, maybe even a little bit on the, the spontaneous side right here, right now, that, that maybe you haven't realized in Scripture, but I'll tell you, every next generation is targeted by the devil. Every, I'm going to say it again, every next generation is targeted by the devil. Uh, and, and we can see this through Scripture, and I, I want to... I want to share with you some ideas about this, how we see it, that that actually one the, the first generation after Adam and Eve was targeted by the devil. Their names were Cain and Abel. Remember that story? How many know that, that the devil just targeted that generation? Now, that generation only had, you know, a couple of boys at the time. Now, we know that they had a lot more siblings, uh, but we, we don't know exactly the order of all of those, but we know that the devil targeted that generation. In fact, that happened in the book of Genesis. You, you just move to Exodus, the very next book in the Bible, Exodus chapter 1. And once again, the devil targets a generation. Remember, the Israelites are in, in Egyptian captivity. And the king of Egypt puts out this decree to the midwives. He said, hey, listen, as you go and help these, uh, these Hebrew women deliver children, I, I want you to kill all the boys. I just want you to take them out. Why, why is that, everybody? Well, we know biblically why that is, but can I tell you that it was the devil's idea. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That was a demonic idea that the king of Egypt had because the devil was targeting a generation. He was targeting a generation. Remember, and you say, well, the church is exempt from that. Well, what about the time that, that Jesus' own disciples were trying to keep the children away from Jesus? And Jesus said, whoa, 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 no, 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 let the children come to me. Like, let the children come to me because I realize that I have to minister to. I'm, in fact, he spoke a blessing over the next generation. The next generation was important to Jesus. But somehow the disciples got it in their minds that the next generation wasn't as important as the current generation. Let me say it this way. I hope, I pray that the next generation 
accomplishes far more than this generation could ever think or imagine for the glory of God. I hope my children, I pray that my children, that they, that they accomplish 100% more than their father was able to accomplish for the glory of Christ. Come on, everybody. The, the devil targets generations. He targets generations. And this generation, we, we've never seen attacks on a generation like we're seeing right now. This generation has been targeted far more than you were ever targeted as a child. Every sin known to man is in the palm of this generation's hands. Every sin known to man. You want to see somebody murdered? It's all, it's right, it's right here. I mean, I mean, actual murders, people getting shot. Just it's on YouTube, everybody. Anybody can see it. You, you want to see perversion? It's right here. How many know this generation has some temptations that you didn't necessarily have when you were growing up? In fact, if, if you had Tim, in, in my day and age, you know, because I'm, I'm 47. When I was growing up, if I wanted to look at something bad, I had to go find it somewhere. It was at the local gas station. How many know what I'm talking about? It was at the local gas station. My, my brother and I, multiple times, this happened multiple times. The three, three times that I, that I can remember. One time, when I was probably in second, third grade, my brother and I, we, we were just, it was summer. We were just out walking around and we come across this burn barrel. You guys know what those are? Those 55 gallon drums that people burn things in. And my, my brother calls me, hey, Justin, come over here, check this out. We look inside of that burn barrel and porno, pornographic magazines are filling the whole thing. Well, let, let me tell you, let me, and, and again, I'll just tell you the stories that my brother and I have together who, who will be here today. If he's not here already, I don't see him. One, one time my brother and I are hunting. We're out, we're out in the woods, uh, turkey hunting. Well, actually hunting anything that moved back then, really, you know. <laughs> and, and in order to get from one set of woods to the other set of woods, we had to cross a road. But we knew that there was this little bridge there that we actually didn't have to climb up and cross the road. We can just go under the bridge to get to the other side of the property. And then it was just a shortcut home. So we go under the bridge and there's a brown paper bag under the bridge. And of course, my brother says, hey, what's this? Justin, come here. And it was full of pornographic magazines. Now, by the grace of God, both times, I looked at my brother and said, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And I just walked on. I just walked on. But there were friends hunting with us that day. It wasn't just me and my brother. And they didn't walk on. You know, I, 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 let me tell you something. I, I just met with the president of a Bible college and, and multiple other pastors. And he said they did this um, survey at this Christian, private Christian college in which every single student that is at this college is called into full-time ministry. They are there because they want to become full-time pastors. And out of this survey... Do you know the number of kids 
in this generation that, that has seen pornography, out of those people, out of those young ones that were called to full-time ministry and are in Bible college, 97% have seen pornography. Only 3% said they've never seen it. Parents, grandparents, don't be naive. The devil is after this generation. Well, my child will just never do that. Really? You don't think that the devil is going to try to put something in their life to tempt them? Don't be naive. In fact, the Bible says that we are to be sober, to be vigilant, because our adversary, he, he, he sneaks around looking for somebody to devour. Don't you know he targets the next generation? He is looking to devour this coming generation. And we have to be on guard. We have to be sober. We have to be vigilant. We can't, we can't afford to be naive, new song. We can't afford that. How many would agree with me this morning? You know what I'm saying is right. If 3% of those who are called into full-time ministry, only 3% have not seen pornography, 97% have. What about the kids who don't feel the call of God? What about the kids who aren't serious about their relationship with Jesus? I'm just being honest. I'm just, I'm just giving you the facts. I, I want you to look at, you're like, wow, you're not very cheerful this morning. Listen, listen, I am a very cheerful per person. I am fighting for a generation this morning. I'm fighting for a generation. And, and new song, we've got to take the next generation seriously. We have to give them our all. Look at Acts chapter 17, verse 24. Then God, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, meaning Adam, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And watch this. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Verse 27. And God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and we move and we have our being. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as I have prepared this word from you, Lord, I pray that it would be received on fertile soil in all of our hearts and that it would produce a harvest 30, 60, or 100 fold. And I come against any scheme of the enemy that would steal this word from us that would choke it out. Lord, I come against any of those schemes and just declare 
over a new song. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online. That this word will take root in our heart. And it will grow. And with this word. You'll change us. So that we can make a difference in the life of somebody else. For the glory of your name. And for the benefit of the next generation. We pray it in Jesus name. Amen. Literally write this down. Living in this generation, according to Acts chapter 17, living in this generation. In fact, even in this location is God's sovereign will. It's his sovereign will. We see that in verse 26. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lamps. He marked it out. It is not chance that you live in this generation, new song. It's not a coincidence that you live in this generation. It's not a coincidence that you live in this country. It is God's design. It is his sovereign will. And being sovereign, I, I, I kind of left a definition there for you, a very simplified definition of sovereignty. Being sovereign, God has the authority, the wisdom, and the power to do anything he chooses at any time. God is a sovereign God. It, it's his wisdom. It's his power. It's his authority that allows him to do whatever he wants to do at any time. And you might think, wow, you know what, though? That's kind of scary. He can just do anything that he wants to do, and that kind of makes me nervous, and I don't really fully understand the sovereignty of God. Listen, you should be grateful for the sovereignty of God, and you should also be grateful grateful for the character of God because it says in Psalm 145, verse 9, that the Lord is good to all. He's good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. So in his sovereignty is also perfection. It's also goodness. It's also faithfulness. In his sovereignty is love and compassion and mercy and justice. In in his sovereignty... He knows what's best for you, and he placed you in this generation at this location because it was your best chance, your best opportunity to know him. In fact, we see that in verse 27, write this down, letter B. It was God's grace, it was God's grace that placed me right here, right now. The fact that you're sitting in this room or watching from home is the grace of God. So God did this, verse 27, God did this, meaning he marked out your appointed time and the location of you. He did this so that you would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. Like he did it, it was God's grace that put you in this time. And in this place, because it was your best opportunity for you to know him, to discover him, to follow him. And and if that's true for you, it's also true for the next generation. He placed the next generation in this time and in this place because it was their best opportunity. It is their best opportunity to find him and to know him. In fact, let us see, write this down, that the grace of God also placed others in my care. 
Because if you have reached out for him, if you have found him, then you have a responsibility to go and make disciples, the Bible says. So if God placed you in this generation and it's appointed through his sovereignty that you are here, it's also appointed in the sovereignty that the next generation is here. And he has called you to reach the next generation, to give them the opportunity to know him like you know him. He placed them in your care. He placed them in your care. What are you doing with that? I'm asking you specifically, you as a follower of Christ, what are you doing with that? Let me ask you this. What are you doing for the next generation? Or do you have that mentality says, eh, next generation. Eh, I don't have time for that. Oh, they're so irritating. I can't stand the next generation. They're so self-centered. They're so narcissistic. I just don't, I just don't, they're just so into, I just don't. Can I tell you, you can complain all day. That doesn't help the next generation. You can look down on them all day long and that doesn't help the next generation. Can I tell you something that, I better not. I want to I want to go because I, I I'll be in a rabbit trail and I won't focus on what we need to Nehemiah chapter four Nehemiah chapter four I, I want to show you Nehemiah's call to people to fight for the next generation and Nehemiah was one of the greatest leaders that we have in biblical record he is one of the f- most phenomenal leaders. And it says this, Nehemiah 4, verse 10. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Remember, uh, Nehemiah went back. He said that the, the city of his fathers was in ruins. And so he asked permission to go and rebuild the walls of the city to protect the people of God, the children of God. And when he gets there, he sees this terrible scene. All the walls are down and everybody's saying, how do we go about this? And he forms a plan to rebuild the walls. So he gets there and there's so much rubble that everybody's saying, we can't rebuild these walls. Verse 11, also our enemies said, before they know it or see us, We will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to their work. So not only were they were they up against this huge physical daunting task, but they had enemies that wanted to take them out. Like build the wall. We're just trying to protect ourselves here. We don't have time to build a wall because the moment we turn our attention to the wall, somebody's going to come and they're going to take us out. And then it gets even worse. Verse 12. Then the Jews who lived near them came what's this that other people came these jews that lived near them came and told us 10 times over wherever you turn they will attack us 10 times over could you imagine the discouragement how many know that fulfilling the plan of God can also sometimes sometimes be exhausting, right? Like if you tell me that one more time, yeah, you ever do that to your children? 
<laughs> you, don't, you know what I'm talking about, right? Hey, Dad, don't say Dad one more time. Like, I heard you. You know, I, I know. I, what, what about the, the, the times where your children come and they say something and you answer them, but they don't like your answer, so they, they, they end up, re, re, well, maybe you didn't understand me. See, I was the worst at that as a child. You could ask my, my mom who's here this morning. Uh, I would say something and they wouldn't agree because they were more wise than I am, and I can admit that now, but at the time I didn't think they were more wise than me, and I would come and, t- is anybody like me? You, you live... Okay, okay. So, so I would go to them and, and, and I would tell them, I would explain to them why I'm right. And it made sense to me and they would disagree. And, and I would look at them and my mom has heard this phrase a, a hundred times, probably 500 times. Mom, you just don't understand. Dad, you just don't understand. Like if you understood, you would agree with me. And then I would want to just tell them why they're wrong, why they were wrong and I was right. Like, well, obviously you don't understand, because if you understood, you would just agree with me. How many know when you're parenting children, that's just exhausting? And here he has these people that are coming over that are supposed to be pro-build the wall, pro-protect yourself, and it's just 10 times over, again and again and again. Well, we're going to be attacked. Yeah, but we're going to be attacked. Yeah, but it's bad. It's where we're going to be attacked, and I'm thinking Nehemiah must be thinking, shut up, shut up. Have you ever felt that way as a parent am I the only one like something inside of you and I'm being very patient and kind but inside I'm thinking shut up just shut up (laughs) you know what I'm saying I'm just transparency that's who I am right here verse 13 he says therefore I stationed some of the people this is Nehemiah I say I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places posting them what's this posting them by families with their swords and spears and bows. And after I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, I'm going to teach you these things. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And when our enemies heard that, we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it. And we all returned to the wall, each to our own work watch what's happening here the book of nehemiah is placed in the bible for your benefit there are things that we can learn from the book of nehemiah from the leadership of nehemiah and he teaches something here about fighting for families that we need to pay attention to i'm talking about fighting for the next generation that there are things that we need to do as being older, as being wiser, as being more passionate in our walk with Christ, there are things that we need to do. And can I say this before I go into these points? That if you are not passionately devoted to Christ Jesus, you need to start there. Like this next generation needs the previous generation to love God with all of their heart and soul and mind and strength and to love others as they love themselves like they the next generation needs to see us truly passionately loving God and loving people they need examples like when I see a younger generation and I'm in relationship with a younger generation I want them to look at me and say I don't need no LeBron James Man, I got Pastor Justin. That guy, well, you know, he's a stud. He's awesome. 
I don't mean it like that, but you know what I'm saying, though. Why, why do we put heroes who are not heroic at all? I'll tell you heroes. Missionaries are heroes. They're, they're heroes. Pastors are heroes. People who serve, who serve, whether it's here at church or you serve in a ministry somewhere, you're a hero. New song, did you know that? As you, did you know that as you're standing at a door and you're just welcoming people and loving them, you're actually loving them into the kingdom of God and you are a hero. You're a hero. We, we call it, that's why we call them dream teams because you're living the dream. You get to serve people on behalf of the kingdom of God and love them into the kingdom of God. That is huge, everybody. And when you're serving in children's ministry and you're teaching these stories to children and telling them who God really is, the nature of God, the love of God, you're heroes. You're affecting the next generation. You know, you know, that's why I love Pastor Josh and Mallory so much. Because they love teenagers. And not very many of you do. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about, right? Can, can I tell you, they're heroes. They're, they're on vacation this week. They've, they've been gone. They were gone last Sunday, gone today. They're taking a break because my wife and I we, and our family, we go on sabbatical this summer. Every seven years, we, we take a, a sabbatical. And actually, last year was supposed to be our sabbatical, but because of COVID and other things, we just moved it to this year. So Pastor Josh said, hey, listen, I'm going to take these vacations before you leave. That way I can be faithful to new song, they're going to be covered while you're gone. And, and I, I told Pastor Josh before I left, man, get some rest. You deserve it. He hangs out with teenagers. He deserves it. You know what I'm talking about? But they just love the next generation. And they need some people to partner with them to love the next generation. But, but oh, I'm just so tired after work. Your work right now, what you did from nine to five, odds are it won't matter in heaven, but your investment into the next generation will. Think about that. Because what you invest in people is eternal. What you invest in stuff, not eternal. Your house, not eternal. Your cars, not eternal. Your money, not eternal. Your retirement, not eternal. But your family, eternal. The teenagers here at this church, eternal. Children at this church, eternal. You see the difference? That's why the Bible says we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Things that won't be destroyed. Anything on earth, it will be. And Nehemiah uses these principles that I'm going to teach you right now, very quickly. That, that is life-changing, not only for you, but for those in the next generation. To fight for the next generation, you say, okay, what do I have to do? What do I have to do, Justin? Because I see the need. What do I have to do? You have to rise up in faith and not fear. 
That's what Nehemiah said. He, he, he's, he's, he's hearing all of this bad news and he's seeing the wall and he, he knows the enemy is, 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 is getting ready to attack and they have plans of attack and he's just exhausted by, the, by hearing the fears of man, the, the fears of others. And he, he speaks up loudly to all the nobles and the officials and the first thing he says is, don't be afraid. You know, I was just telling somebody a few days ago that's, that's hitting a rough spot in their family, especially with one of their children. They're just hitting a rough spot with one of, with one of their kids. And I said, hey, listen, listen, listen. If, if, if you weren't equipped to be a great dad and to be a great mom and to help this child through this, God wouldn't have given you that child. I was just teaching this to somebody that God obviously chose you as the parent of this child because he knew in his power, in God's power and in God's strength and God's wisdom that you would have what it takes to help this child out. So don't you dare be afraid. You rise up in faith and you declare over your family some things that you need, you need to declare over your family. That the weapons that have been formed against your child is not going to prosper but it'll come to nothing by the grace and the power of God. Come on, everybody. That's good. I'm preaching better than you're amening. See, we need to rise up in faith, not in fear. Can I tell you something about faith? Faith takes effort. Faith takes effort. (laughs) Let me say it this way. Faith actually takes you somewhere. Faith makes you accomplish things. We walk by faith. How many know that that's a journey? We're walking by faith. It takes effort. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Everybody see that? Not by fear. Not by fear. Well, I'm just afraid I'm too tired. I've told you this before, but when I go to bed, I might be tired, but I'll say that's how, that's how you live a life. That's how you live a day right there by giving of yourself to others. Yeah, it's tiring, but God strengthens you and he gives you joy that is glorious and inexpressible. That's what the Bible says. The second thing, I must remember the greatness of God. So so Nehemiah said, hey, listen, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. He is great and awesome. Are Are you forgetting to remember the greatness of God? So you rise up in faith, not in fear, and you remember the greatness of God. You remember the love of God, the awesomeness of God. You remember Remember the change that, brought, that, that God brought into your life and you so desperately want the next generation to have such a change and even more so. That you want them to experience even more than what you've experienced in Christ Jesus. Does anybody else feel like that in this room? I just want the next generation to feel more than I feel. I want them to experience more than I've experienced. I want them to accomplish more than I've accomplished. Spirit of the Lord is here right now. Are you listening? Number three, watch this. I must join the battle out of my love for others, out of my care for others. I've got to join the battle because the devil is targeting the next generation. Don't sit back and just watch it happen. He is targeting the next generation. And you've got to join the battle. Nehemiah said, listen, 
Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord's greatness. Remember how awesome he is. And then he follows it and fight for your families. Fight for the next generation. Fight for them. Join the battle. Join the battle. Yes, it's going to take effort. Yes, you're good. faith is required. But the next generation is worth it. They're worth the fight. They're worth the effort. So join the battle. Number four, you've got to remain resolute, totally relying upon God. I'm just not giving up. I'm not giving up on this generation. I'm not giving up on this young man. I'm not giving up on this young woman. Do do you know how many times (laughs) that I, I have people that come to me that have been coming to New Song on and off for the last 12 to 15 years? And they'll come in, Pastor, can I meet with you? I need some help. Come on in. And they come in, and I love on them, and I encourage them, and I speak life to them, and I I talk to them about getting connected here at church. I talk to them about small groups. I talk to them about coming to ongoing counseling, and then they get plugged in. They're here. I mean, it's just over and over and over. They're, They're here. They're here, and they're here. And all of a sudden, about three months later, they're not here. And then they're back for a couple of weeks, but then they're not here again. And then they're not here, and then they're not here, and then they're not here. And of course, I, 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 I try to contact them and say, hey, where, where have you been? Oh, you know, I've just been busy. I've just been working out. Don't worry, I'll be back. And then they're not back. And about a year and a half later, all of a sudden, Pastor Jeff's like, can I come and be with you? My life is awful. Come on in. And the same exact thing happens. They get plugged in, and then they're off. And then a year and a half, two years later, they call Pastor Jesse. Come on in. And a lot of, I've had a lot of people say, why do you still meet with them? Because I'm fighting for a generation. Because they're worth it. Does it get tiring? Yes. It gets exhausting. There there have been times where I've just looked at them and said, okay, this is like fifth time now. Over the last 10 years, this is the fifth time you've come to me and you're saying to me the exact same thing that you said 10 years ago. Aren't you tired of this yet? Yes, pastor, I am. When are you going to take this thing seriously? When are you going to go all in? And of course I encourage them and strengthen them, but I also am honest with them. Because I have to be. Because I love them. I just love them. And they're worth the effort. So you have to remain resolute. You have to try and try and try and keep trying and keep trying and do and do and do and keep doing and keep doing and keep doing. Can I, can I tell you something? That This is what the Lord showed me, that there's a difference. Watch this, everybody. There's a difference between persuasion and influence. Catch this. There's a difference between persuasion and influence. Persuasion is short-term. I find it pretty easy to persuade people. It's, it's, if you go through the disc assessment, I'm an I. I'm, an, I'm the influencer. I'm actually an I slash D. So I'm just a leader. And I don't, find it, I don't find it difficult to influence people, but that's just persuasion. Let, let me say it this way. Short term is persuasion. Do you know what influence is? Influence is long term. When you really influence somebody... That's a long-term relationship. If it's just one talk and you've persuaded somebody in one talk, that's short-term. But if you live life with them, that's influence. 
Your greatest success in the next generation is not going to be a matter of persuasion. It is going to be a matter of influence. I'm going to say it again. Your, let, let, me say, let me say it in fact another way. The greatest thing that you could do for the next generation is not just try to persuade them. The greatest thing that you could do for the next generation is influence them. And that's going to take commitment. That I might be a tire, but I'm doing it anyway. You know what, Pastor Justin? You, you, can, can I tell you, Pastor Josh has been telling me the need for youth sponsors ever since he was hired. I just need some youth leaders. I just need some high-quality youth leaders. I, and he has some. He just needs more. I just need more. I just need more people to influence these young people. It's one of the reasons we do youth ministry like we do youth ministry here at New Song. Because you know, you know what we said? Like what a, lot of, what a lot of youth services used to be, which is like stage light, multimedia, and great worship, and, 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 great, and great teaching. And did you know that our teenagers can get that every single Sunday morning right here? Especially the communication is phenomenal. It's wonderful. That was just a joke, by the way. That's just teasing. Your, your teenagers can be ministered to right here, right now. You know what they're looking for, what, what they need during the week? They don't need a, a night of entertainment. They need relationship. You know, this generation is not looking for religion. They're looking for relationships. Did you know we changed our youth ministry to focus on relationships? where Pastor Josh and Mallory and the youth leaders just dive into the life of teenagers. And if your teenagers aren't going there to youth ministry, they are missing out on influence, not just persuasion. Because see, on a Sunday morning, I might be able to persuade them in a certain direction, but, it, but it's people who live life with them every single day that's actually going to influence them. You see the difference? I'm trying to teach you. And we just need some people. We need all people to fight for the next generation. So, well, what do you want me to do? I, I, whatever God tells you to do. Maybe it's just mentoring one. Whatever age, uh, maybe it's just, well, I just know a kid. I just know a teenager. Maybe it's just that one. Maybe you've backed out of the next generation because you were tired and you realize, you know what, I need to get back in. You know, I didn't know that Pastor Josh had a need there. I just need to get back in. And, and actually, if you want to know the truth, I had no intention about sharing about youth ministry and about this was just, it's just, you know, I'm a guy of application. Well, I need to give you some ideas of how to apply this. Do you know a teenager? Do you know a child that just needs Jesus? Live life with them. Hang out with them. Take them hunting. Take them fishing. Invite them over. Get plugged in in ministries here. We have, you know how many kids that we have on average Sunday? I think last week we had about 100 kids here, and we're only at 60% capacity right now. We had 100 kids here last Sunday morning. How many know you can make a difference in the life of a child right here every single Sunday morning? And they're worth it. New songs are worth it. They are, they are being targeted by the enemy. And somebody needs to step up and fight for this generation. I've told so many people, you know, I was a youth, ministry, youth minister for many years. 
I've told so many people, you know, if I could be a minister, if I, if I wasn't a senior pastor, if this wasn't God's calling, I would love to be a children's pastor. I would love that. I think it'd be the best thing in the world. Why? I just love kids. But also I know the power of influence. I know the power of making a difference in the life of somebody else. We need to fight for this generation. Do you receive the word of the Lord today? Yes or no? So I think there's a word from God for all of us. And this isn't, this isn't about, this isn't driven by guilt. If, if, you, if you feel guilty after leaving today, you're like, oh, okay, I got to get in. Don't do it. Can I just, oh, Pastor said, they use you sponsors. I guess I'll do it. Don't, please don't. You, you'll, be, you'll be miserable and the teens will be miserable. You don't even know what I'm talking about. So this isn't, this isn't about guilting you into anything. This is about re- making you realize the call of God that he placed you in this generation, in this time, so you could reach out to him and so that you could help others reach out to him too. So whatever you do, do it in love. Do it in love. Don't do it by guilt. Do it in love and stay resolute. Remain resolute. No, this isn't about persuasion. This is about influence. And I'm going to live it out for the glory of God. And again, if you are not passionately devoted to Christ, you need to start there. Start there first. Because God needs to influence you before you influence others. If you're not fully devoted to him. How many know what I'm talking about? I I, I don't need any. Well, I better watch what I say here. I don't want any lukewarm Christians influencing teenagers to be lukewarm. And you know, that's the truth, right? I need some people who are devoted to Christ that just love Jesus. I would say, no, I'm going all in for the next generation. And maybe you just say, that's not me. I already know my calling. I'm doing it. Well, praise God. Praise God. Pray about it. And whatever you do, do it in love, not in guilt. Do it in love. Are you going to get tired? Yeah. But at the end of the, your day, you'll say, that's how you live a day. Right there. Let's stand up together. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we submit our lives to you. I fully understand, God, that not everybody in this room at all, not even close to everybody is called to to youth ministry, student ministry, children's ministry, that you have different callings for all of us. But I know that all of us are called to make a difference somewhere, doing something for the glory of your name. And Lord, I believe that there's some people in this room that are called into ministry that you're calling upon their life is that they would influence the next generation and I don't know what that looks like for them and I don't even know who they are but God could you stir their hearts right now and confirm in them this calling that you have for their life in fact Father I know that there's some men and women that are called to ministry here in this room outside of children, outside of students 
that you have a calling upon their life that they haven't answered yet. And again, I don't know who they are, but you do. Father, stir their hearts so that all of us could live out your purpose in our lives. So that your name would be glorified in this nation, in this state, in this community, in this church. And your kingdom could be advanced. Lord, give them ears to hear the calling you've placed upon their life. New song, would you just open up your hands toward heaven? And in your own way, Father, you could pray this prayer, Father, whatever you've called me to, here I am. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. So right now, Father, I receive the calling. And I choose to walk in it. But I need you to guide my steps, Lord. I need you to to help me. Lead me, I pray. I surrender myself to you. I surrender myself to you. I feel there's some people in this room right now that are just feeling the call of the Lord. And I thank you, Father, for your calling. I thank you, Father, for looking past our weaknesses, calling us into into our purposes in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that our past does not determine our future and that we are free to live out the calling that you've placed upon our lives. And we accept it wholeheartedly today and pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let me tell you something before we move on to a new song that like this, I truly believe that there's been some people here in this room that have felt the call of the Lord. Maybe they're watching online. They've felt the call of the Lord. And if you have felt that calling, you come and talk to me. Even if it doesn't have to do with the next generation, you come and talk to me and we'll help you. Because that's our job is equipping you for your work in the Lord. Can I also tell you this though? Before you go out and announce that you're called, you better know you're called. I'm convinced that about half of the pastors in the field today and in ministry today are not called to be pastors. When, when David Grant was here, one of the greatest missionaries I've ever met in my entire life, who started Project Rescue, and, and now they're in seven different nations, rescuing girls out of human trafficking, sex trafficking, and boys too. One of the greatest missionaries I've ever met. He's been here a couple of times, and I remember sitting at at. Kentucky Fried Chicken with him, where it's where he wanted to go to lunch. And I asked him, I said, how many missionaries are actually called to be missionaries? He said, I, I probably only guessed 50%. He said, there's a lot of people that really felt like they heard the call of God, but they were just moved emotionally, and it really wasn't the calling of the Lord. 
But he said, that doesn't mean that God doesn't bless them. It doesn't mean that God doesn't provide for them because their hearts are right. They want to serve the Lord and God, God gives them an increase. I, I just, I'm trying to tell you a new song. If you say you're called, pray about it first. Don't, don't let it just be an emotional response. Let it be the real call of God upon your life. Do you receive that today? You know what I'm saying, right? Because the call of God is no casual thing. So when you answer the call of God, you'll be targeted. Pastors, missionaries, evangelists, teachers, preachers, we have bullseyes on our back because we're doing the work of the Lord. So don't walk into it lightly. It's something to pray about and to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're called. Today is a great day in the house of God. People's lives were not only changed, a new song, but people's lives are going to be changed all over the world because the calling that we have upon our lives as we live for the glory of his name. New song, I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ with every good and perfect thing that he has for your life. And I bless you with open ears to hear the word of the Lord, the call of God upon your life, no matter what it is. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.